You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey, Dave, how are you doing today? Not bad, Nick. How are you? Good. Not our typical uh, podcast Friday. I know. Can we do it's this a Wednesday when it's not Friday? And, yeah, right. It's a Wednesday. Snow's falling a little bit. And I actually have a, a slight confession here today, Dave. There's, I think we're supposed to get like up to four inches and they canceled school for my kid. So as a true Northman, I'm sure you're embarrassed about that fact. Um, I'm actually in the Southern part of the state right now. And my wife and I were just commenting on the fact that we've gotten emails from like local businesses saying they're closed. And <laughs> I'm like looking outside wondering, you know, I, I would have to brush my windshield off. They're, they're, <laughs> they're right about that. But, you know, uh, I guess, uh, I guess that's the era we live in. Better safe safety than sorry, first. Right? That's right. right. That's right. right. So um, it is January 25th as we record this today, Dave. And I guess my big question for you today is, have you set any goals for 2023? Any New Year's resolutions? And are you still sticking to them? Well, that's a good question. And uh, yeah, I just read the other day that I think I think psychologists have determined that January 22nd is the average day that most people have given up on their, (laughs) how they measured that. I don't know. But um, so, yeah, I set broad goals for myself this year. Just really two of them. One is to be more active. Yeah. And, you know, just move around more, get out in the woods more, walk more, just Mm -hmm. in general. And, And so far that's going pretty well. And my family's got a steps competition going amongst oh, ourselves nice. right now. And I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm in the lead. Let's just put it that way. I so that's it. nice. Had a little motivation <laughs> around that. The other one I, I has been kind of a struggle lately with scheduling and stuff, but was to, uh, was to write more. And okay. uh, that one, uh, I've been a little slower on the, on the get go, but uh, I've done some of the preliminary things looking back. It's for a specific project. And I went back and looked at some of the things I have already. So it's kind of building. I love it. I love it. And still sticking to those? Planning on it. <laughs> love it. <laughs> so far, Look, so you're, good. You're past yeah. the average. It's the 25th. Yeah. So yeah. you got three yeah. days up on the competition already. Yep. So uh, for myself, I, I, I usually am a big proponent of setting New Year's resolutions. This year, I didn't really set any other than um, spending a little bit more time with my wife and being a little bit more intentional about that. So. Oh, cool. um, I've had some crazy New Year's resolutions before. The one that kind of comes to mind that I'm actually still doing is, and it's been five years now, five years ago, my New Year's resolution was to be vegan for the year. So yeah. five years still running. Yeah, you've done, you've done really well with that. <laughs> um, and uh, we joke about it with you in the office all the time, of course. But, oh, I uh, love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody does. <laughs> I find it I find it pretty impressive uh, that you've been able to do that because I, for one, would really struggle yeah. with that one. Yeah. So part of bringing up this conversation today, Dave, is um, this time of year, New Year's resolutions, a lot of people, their intentions are setting some financial goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, which we think is a fantastic idea, um, but we would like to kind of provide some guidance on setting those goals, and then talk a little bit about how to stick with them. Goals are goals are great. First of all, we know we're not good at it, 
and it and it doesn't come naturally. And we watch people struggle with that when we uh, when we start in the planning process. But to um, paraphrase good old Yogi Berra, if you don't know where you're going, you might not get there, right? Yeah. So you know, even though, like I said, we're lousy at it. Goals are we know we know our clients' goals are going to change year to year, if not more often than that. But at least you know, planning some kind of flag out there in the future to head towards. You can always adjust as those goals become more clear or as they change completely. At least you've got something you're worked towards and that usually means a positive. Yeah, you know, um, just having that goal and taking steps in that direction, I think a lot of times, um, you know, we, we're, a lot of times as humans, we're way too hard on ourselves. And I actually right. just uh, learned about this book, uh, one that I want to check out the other day. But the whole premise is, is it's by Dan Sullivan. It's called The Gap mm-hmm. and the Gain. And I haven't read it yet, but the essential premises is when we look at setting goals, the people that are happiest focus on the gain and the mm-hmm. people that are not as happy focus on the gap of where they haven't gotten yet, not necessarily right. how far they've gone. Right, right. And we'll, we'll get to some of that in a few minutes when we talk strategies and habits. But, you know, in terms, you're right. We are too hard on ourselves. And we like like our first reaction when when our goals change is that was that's bad that was wasted time right for you and I as as financial planning practitioners talking to a client with shifting goals our goal is financial responsibility right and if right. and if if your goal last year was to save to retire early and now you're thinking hey i like my job and i don't need to do that you're still more financially healthy for trying to get to that. Right. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. know, and, and so changing is a lot easier when you are already headed kind of in the right direction. Yeah. And, and building good financial habits. I don't think anybody looks back and says, man, I wish my financial habits were worse throughout my life. Right. <laughs> like that's a, just, just taking that step and setting that goal and, and making those small steps is going to impact right. you. Even if your goals, even if the end does change. Right, right, and I, and I think we've talked about this before too, Dave. Like we're we're just not capable as humans of like thinking out f- far into the future. So you know, especially when you're young and you're setting goals, like these things aren't things that are going to come true. You know what I mean? Like more than likely, things are going to shift. Yeah, we have we have trouble relating to what our future self is really going to be like. And uh, there's interesting studies on the psychology of that, where a couple of the bigger Financial service companies have actually tried experiments with showing clients like age progression pictures of themselves and things like that to help them identify with with that person that they're going to become. And it's interesting how that has influenced behavior. That's a whole whole nother rabbit hole to dive down someday. But uh, but uh, you know, creating that bridge between who you are now and who you're likely to be and what you're likely to value down the road is 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 really part of it. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about setting financial goals. I know you and I are both fans of the good old fashioned SMART goal. Yeah, you know, this comes up usually, you know, where I always hear about it and see it is in the business context, right? Like like your business unit needs to create these goals that you're going to carry out through the year. And they use the acronym SMART. And I think it carries over to personal financial planning and just personal goals in general. But the idea, you know, SMART stands for making your goals specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-based. Mm-hmm. And that, that those, those five elements really are what makes a good goal. 
Yeah. And just, you know, having a starting place and being intentional, but also, you know, if you follow these things, it's much more likely that you're going to have a, a positive outcome. So I yeah. think that's important when thinking about some of this stuff. Do we want to elaborate on any of those? They're self-relevant enough. That's- I think most people understand, but I guess, you know, one thing that I'll point out, this achievable thing, you know, it, it's challenging at times, especially financially, to know what's achievable, especially if you're doing your own financial plan, right? Like right. This is a great way to work with somebody else like a financial planner that can help you really define what's achievable and what makes sense. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times you just might not know, or, you know, if you're living in your own world, you might, you know, you you might influence what you think is achievable and and whether or not that's necessary. So that's a great one to bounce off people, especially in the financial world as well as achievable. That's a good point. And if it's not, if it's too easily achieved, then it's not much of a goal either. Right. Right. For sure. So too easy, too hard. You need, you need that Goldilocks effect. Yeah. So you're, you're reaching for it, but you're not uh, not out of reach. So um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, um, how to obviously setting goals is, is one part of it. But the other side of it is how do we stick with these things? How do we make it past January 22nd every year? What are some good uh, tips yeah. that we might have for that? So, so my thinking on this is heavily influenced by a book I just read recently called Atomic Habits. It, uh, it really lays out a framework to think about how you can create good habits and limit bad habits. Because at the end of the day, achieving your goals really, and from our point of view, you know, we're always talking about comp- you know, the magic of compounding, right? But that really mm-hmm. applies to habits. Who you right. become is really the accumulation of a bunch of small behaviors over time. Right. And so At- Atomic Habits is by uh, James Clear. came out a couple of years ago. It's gotten a lot of press lately. People are starting to pick up on it, but it, it really creates a really good framework. I encourage anybody who's into um, behavior change to give it a read because it, un- it doesn't just give you like you should do this. It actually gives you like checklists and things to follow to actually put what, what's in the book in action. The big, the big thing bo- uh, that he talks about boils down to a couple key points. and one is that whatever you're trying to do needs to be part of your identity. And, and so you just talked about your diet change five years ago. And oh, yeah. So what we're getting at with part of your identity is, let's say you're trying to become vegan. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference between saying, you know, if somebody offers you a steak and you, and you from what I recall, you, you, you have no, you like, you like, liked regular Oh yeah, absolutely. So there you are like a month, say you're a month in and someone offers you a, uh, you know, filet mignon. Right. And, and there's a big difference between if there's two people sitting at that table that are both have the same goal to become vegan, but one's response is no, thanks. I'm trying to avoid meat. And the other says, I'm, I'm vegan. Thank you. Right. But yeah. no, I can't have that. It, that that one person has already adopted that as a, as a mindset that mm-hmm. that's who they are, and so for for our context, you know, it's a big difference between saying I want to be financially responsible versus I'm going to try to keep a budget this year. Right. If you're starting from the standpoint of you're a financially responsible person, then budgeting is just part of that. It's just right. that's how that's how you're becoming that person. And you may not mm-hmm. be that person yet, but that's what you're trying to do. 
in the book, the author talks about a friend or acquaintance who lost 100 pounds just by with everything she did before she did it. She asked herself, what would a, what would a healthy person do? Yeah. You know, would a healthy person walk to, you know, walk to the park or drive there? Would right. a healthy person eat that Snickers bar because it looks really good right now? Or would they grab some carrot sticks and hummus? Right. You know, yeah. and, and so by, by adopting that identity, it's a whole different equation. Absolutely. And, and, you know, speaking from my experience of being a vegan for the last five years, you know, it's an identity. And I didn't realize this going in because it was honestly kind of on a whim. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I did like other food. I actually had nightmares about eating cheeseburgers in the first, in the first month, but you know, it is an identity and, and there's a difference between saying I'm trying to eat healthy and saying I'm vegan. And there's a lot to that identity of, you know, it's not that I can't eat this, it's that I don't eat that because it's not, right. you know, it's not who I am. Right. And I think that's a big part of it. And I think, especially with financial stuff, we talked a little bit about budget, but there's a lot of pressures around like, you know, friends ask you to go out to dinner to an expensive Mm -hmm. restaurant. So you feel like you have to go there and you have to spend a bunch of money where if you're a financially responsible person, you know, the response is, you know, that's not part of my budget. Not like, not that I can't do that, that I'm choosing not to. I'm choosing not to, right. Well, and that, so that kind of plays into the uh, the next big premise, and that's that you know behavior again you know who you are is a some consequence of a bunch of behaviors. And when we look at good habits, mm-hmm. they require sacrifice now with a payoff in the future. Right, right. Like I'm going to do a hundred sit-ups today because down the road, if I do that often enough, I'm going to have a six-pack ab. Yeah, abs. Right. Whereas bad habits. The payoff is now that Snicker bar is going to taste really good. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to have to do like six more days of sit-ups before I get those right. abs, right? Yeah. And and in our context, that we're, you know, that usually comes to play in debt spending and, and like using credit cards and, and oh, uh, yeah. borrowing, right? And so back to your, you know, being invited out to eat. If you're if you're a financially healthy person and Going out for dinner tonight is going to mean putting that on a credit card. You know, the payoff is the the consequences are down the road now. But the payoff mm-hmm. is right now, and so it's pretty tempting. Right? Yeah. You know, being being more cash based or uh, you right know, can only spend what's in your pocket definitely uh, helps change that equation for sure. And I think it's you know, and that's probably why when we talk about like creating a picture of your future self and, and actually identifying mm-hmm. with that person is yeah. so helpful for people. Yeah. Right. Cause like yeah. the yeah. things that you're doing today are going to affect that person. Right. If you haven't even, if, if that person's not even on your radar, then it's really hard to do right. things for future Nick. Right. Right. Um, if that person is going to be paying for the still, you know, paying interest on the dinner that you had yeah, last right. night, you're going to feel pretty right. lousy about it. Yeah. So well, and, and I think a lot of it too, we talk about the cash flow, but another big thing is saving for, retirement right mm-hmm. like the the easy the more money you put away the younger you are the 
easier it is, the more compound interest you have, the less percentage-wise that you have to save. Mm-hmm. But you're asking the 20-year-old to put away money for a future, the future 60 or 65-year-old self. And, right. and that's, you know, that's a hard pill to swallow for a lot yeah. of 20-year-olds, right? Yeah. I started in this business when I was 25. And if I had, like, I, I had no savings I had no intention, like they didn't even, <laughs> but, but I started talking to these folks in their sixties and seventies about, you know, how to try to make ends meet. And I was like, holy cow, I don't want to be, you know, I want to be that client, not that client. Yeah. You right. Know? <laughs> so, so I kind of had that forced on me, that idea of identifying with, uh, with, with what that future was going to look like. For sure. So, for sure. The, um, author there in Atomic Habits, again, borrowing from him, he basically lays out four rules for behavior change. I really yep. like these because they give you a framework. And and the first rule is to make it obvious. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're trying, whatever habit you're trying to create, make it obvious. And that, you know, he's really talking about cues and context. Okay. Right? Like every time I do this, then, you know, that's my cue to go for a run. Or yeah. In my case, last year, there was, I've got a particular um, book that basically has a couple pages every day you're supposed to read. It's a, it's a, the Daily Stoic, but, uh, and I'm repeating it again this year. Last year, I was kind of struggling with it. I knew I wanted to do it, but it was kind of not an easy thing to fit it Mm -hmm. in. I forget about it. So every morning I get up and the first thing I do is I make a pot of coffee. And there's okay. about a 10 minute stretch then between like making the pot of coffee and coffee being ready. Usually yeah. I would like sit there and stare at the coffee pot, right? Right. So, so taking the book strategy of what he calls habit stacking, my habit of making the coffee, as soon as I finish grinding the beans and put them in there, I sit down with my book and I do the thing that I committed to doing, which I actually really enjoy and I'm glad I do it. But it was just kind of one of those things where every morning I was like, oh, do I really want to do that? Right. So by by stacking the one habit with the other, and then I when I'm done with it, I can get up and have that first cup of coffee, which is pretty important to me. You know, I've kind of created that cue and that context so that now if I was to not do it that way, I'd, I'd miss it. It wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't feel right. Right. The, the second thing he talks about is to make it attractive. And again, mm-hmm. back to the payoff being in the future. So, you know, one, one strategy he talks about with that is bundling something that you enjoy doing but would maybe be a waste of time or not have a good payoff with something that you want to do. So you're linking the payoff of the one thing with the, right. the work of the other. And for me, back to you know trying to move more, I love to watch football. I love to watch hockey. That's usually wasted time, right? right? But trying to get more steps in. So now my thing is I can watch football or I can watch a hockey game, but I walk around the living room while I'm doing it. Yeah. Sounds silly, but that's how I'm, you know, crushing my yeah. family at our steps competition. Right? <laughs> and I'm still getting to, to do the and I'm getting to do the thing that I want to do. And it's yeah. like, okay, I don't have to feel bad about the time waste. Yeah. It's not really wasted. So right. you know, and it, and it's harder to it's not always easy to find that link, but the the idea being, you know, move that payoff forward. Right. For sure. So the Third rule is make it obvious, right? And this one, I always think about the the idea of you know putting the running shoes next to your bed so that you essentially trip over them when you <laughs> when you right. Get out of bed, right? <laughs> make it obvious, make it easy. Yep. Um, sure. 
And or just uh, laying out your clothes the night before, right? Yeah. So you right, don't have, you right, know, just limiting right. the, the excuses. Right, right. And the last one is to make it satisfying. Mm. You know, your goal, your habits should have some kind of, um, some kind of tangible good that you know you're becoming the person you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, going back to that, you know, the gap and the gain, I think, you know, obviously as humans, we're too hard on ourselves and we look, mm-hmm. you know, outward instead of inward. Um, and, you know, we fail to recognize even small gains, right? Like there's no, like, you know, what are your rewards for doing these things? You know, maybe you're, saving money financially and following your budget. So you, you know, budget in a celebration dinner or whatever it is as a, as successfully, you know, making it through three months or six months or whatever it is and Mm -hmm. celebrate those small gains. Um, I think that has a huge impact long-term of, of keeping you and sticking with some of that stuff. So, um, and I guess just in closing, if what you're trying to do is break a bad habit, just flip all of those on their head. Right. There you go. Yeah. uh, if if it's a bad habit, you try and you know try to get rid of the context that you do it. If you always yep. you always smoke a cigarette with your first cup of coffee, you know, or or yeah. um or you know if going to the bar means you're going to have drink more beer than you normally would, right. then yeah. don't go to the bar, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so you stay know, home or a specific weird. store, right? Target. Yeah, or or you know sometimes you sometimes you have to make hard you know give up some things that uh, you you otherwise enjoy to make that uh yeah well it's you know just going back to like the healthy eating if you don't have it in your house you're much less likely to yes. you know yeah eat it. yeah don't grocery <laughs> shop when you're hungry you know it's, yeah, it's right it's those little things that yep that add up so exactly highly recommend that book if these are things you're interested in and you know I think you and I have gotten to the point in our lives where like everything we see and read has, you know, we're always thinking what's the financial planning implication. Of that? Yeah. You right. Know, whether it's, uh, you know, about goals or about the economy or about uh, philosophy or whatever. How does this, yeah. how does this yeah. apply to people improving their financial lives? Absolutely. And, and goal setting and, and habit forming are, are huge parts of that. And, you know, the, the sooner you can do those things, um, the better off you're going to be in the long term. So, yeah. Good. So this is great stuff, Dave. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll have to check back in with the listeners to yeah. uh, see who won the uh, steps contests. And, well, if, uh, if we're going to do that, we might have to have Michelle on to hear how you did with uh, being oh, there you go. about spending time with your wife. I'm, so I'm sure she would what you that. asked for. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. All right. All right. Accountability. Thanks, Dave. Been a pleasure. Been fun. Yep. Talk to you later. Gather around and follow the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com.